Halito, and welcome to Native Chalk Talk, a podcast by Natives for all. Here, we're keeping our Native ancestors' stories and history alive, while also sharing with you our Native cultures, traditions, and more. I'm Rachel Youngman, a Choctaw originally from Anadarko, Oklahoma. I hope you'll enjoy this journey with me as we learn from our Native American guests. And stay tuned for the end of each episode, where we'll talk about some great ways to support Native causes and or Native-owned businesses. Let's get started. I crawled into the dwelling on my hands and knees, following the women in front of me who were also doing the same. We entered the left side of the circular lodge, making our way around to the opposite side. Following our settling in, the men did the same. Soon the fabric doors were lowered over the opening and we were surrounded by pitch darkness in a sweat lodge in Medill, Oklahoma. Scalding hot rocks were placed in the center of the dirt floor. Water was poured onto the rocks, instigating a heavy steam that permeated throughout, increasing our heart rates and causing a profuse sweat. We came for a cleansing of our bodies, minds, and souls, the rejuvenation of our spirits, and a deeper connection with our Creator. This was a Christian-based event, so we each prayed and concentrated on those prayers, needs, and requests throughout the evening. I'll admit that for myself, I was in a constant battle with my mind. I'm breathing heavy. I can't breathe. The sweat is dripping down every part of my body. I want a cold shower or maybe jump in a pool, like an icy cold pool. Wait, that's not what this is about. <laughs> Let go of your mind, Rachel. Start praying again. And then... Inevitably, a solemn and serene calm would overcome my yapping mind, and I would remember why I was there. The drumming was especially a great contributor to the calming and focus of my mind. I couldn't help but think of our ancestors doing the same spiritual ceremony. The cleansing and healing of their bodies, the bonding and strengthening of their relationships amongst all that were present. And that's something I wasn't expecting would come from all of this, was that bond that would develop amongst us. This was my first time joining others in the sweat lodge, where I was invited by Waylon Thompson and his wife, Sharon, both Choctaws. Waylon has graciously agreed to visit with me and you listeners today. Waylon, halito chimachukma. Would you like to start us off with some drumming? We'd love to hear that and start this thing off right. Yes, I will. I'm going to start this song. It's called I Am Healed. Um, the words to this song is I am a warrior of future generations. I will do great acts of valor. I am healed. I am loved by the creator. I am a warrior of past generations. And it's a song I wrote, wrote for uh, the men, Men's Recovery Center in Tallahanna uh, for their graduation ceremony. Um, so these words, when they speak it, when they sing it, uh, it brings all those words into fruition, into life, and that they will uh, be men of great valor and they will do great acts uh, okay. in their life. And so, um, as we know, words have power and, um, true. <clears throat> so here we go. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just got 
cookie beautiful i love the meaning behind that as well and we're going to talk about what you do there at that recovery program so more on that and also before we get started on talking about the sweat lodge let's hear a bit about yourself where did you grow up where did you go to school um i was born in tulsa oklahoma and i moved when i was eight into the foster care system to Harmony, Oklahoma, which is Osage County. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I was, I finished school there until I graduated. What was it like going through the foster system? Well, it was strange mm -hmm. because I, my grandma was raising five of us. Uh, brothers and sisters. Um, I'm the youngest of five, and uh, she had rheumatoid arthritis, and uh, uh, my my parents were addicts. Uh, they were addicted to huff and paint, and they lived on the streets of Tulsa, so my grandma took us all in, all five of us, and wow. like I said, she had rheumatoid arthritis and couldn't work, and so we were on food stamps, and um, uh, you know, we live we live very poor, but being young, I didn't understand the word poor. I knew I was loved by my grandma. Right. And uh, 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 when the, somebody told the state that we wasn't uh, eating right and this and that, and, and which was true, we didn't have a lot of food. I mean, food stamps back then wasn't like it is today. It wasn't, you know, I think a family of five probably gets, you know, considerably amount of more money than back oh, then. Oh, absolutely, sure. And so, going from a, a Tulsa, from an urban setting, uh, and not and not a great neighborhood. Northside Tulsa was not a great neighborhood where I grew up at. And uh, so, going from there to Harmony, Oklahoma, which is a country town, was well, small, as I'll say. Um, uh, there's only like one stop sign. Right. There's only one four-way. I think you and I talked about that too, that, you know, on your Facebook, it says you're from Hominy and I love all the paintings, the murals that are on the buildings mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. I love small towns. Um, it's a beautiful part of Oklahoma. If anyone's in that area, look up Hominy, Oklahoma, drive through it and say hello to the murals there, Native American murals. So go ahead. So, so then you were in the foster system and went to Hominy. Right, and so it was just a different world of, of 
city and then going to a country, which, um, you know, I liked. I, I liked it. Um, I go to a smaller school and you know more people, you know. Yeah. It's a closer knit community. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, it's Osage County and there's lots of uh, Osage Indians uh, there, natives. And so um, that I made a lot of friends at a young age with my brothers, my Osage brothers, Wajaji is how they say it. Um, and so I got to see their culture and their side of things. Yeah. Even though I was an outsider as far as from a different tribe and uh, I didn't have uh, my parents. Uh, my foster parents were uh, Caucasian. I was going to say, yeah, so non-native. Non-native. And um, they they actually wouldn't let me practice Indian culture. Uh-oh. So, did, do you know why? Was it just they didn't understand it, or was it for religious reasons? Or I, I'm not sure exactly. I, they never told me, and I, I never asked. Yeah. Uh, it was, we didn't have a good relationship. And so okay. It wasn't close-knit, or, or it wasn't a close uh, family. And so, uh, unfortunately, back then, you know, I think, and it probably even today, a lot of foster parents took uh, – foster kids in for money yeah and so i feel like that happened uh for us and uh, um, as far as the culture thing i'm not sure uh but it was uh it was very um it was very hard growing up like that um, i bet it was did you get to still see your grandmother no they uh oh. they, they they uh, didn't let us have contact. And, wow. Uh, just a very controlling uh, environment. Um, I would almost say like the boarding schools um, situation. It was very strict, very mm. uh, almost like military style living. Mm. Being chore list uh, every day, uh, every day, and so not just some days it was every day and so um wow you know, we had to have good grades and straight A's and uh, we did homework during the summertime even and all of that you know very very strict um, were your siblings there with you at least uh my brother and my sister okay um yeah were the others just older and or did they go to a different house yeah they was older Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, so how, what happened when you aged out of the foster care system? Um, I went wild. <laughs> I turned 18 and, and kind of understandable. I was sheltered. And, um, so I, um, I just started having fun, I guess. Um, uh, I started drinking at a pretty early age. Yeah. Um, just uh, that kind of lifestyle, unfortunately, you know. Um, sure. Um, kind of went down the wrong path for so many years. And because um, I didn't know. I felt like uh, it was almost like I felt like I got out of prison. Hmm. And just 
wanted to be free. I didn't have someone always controlling yeah. my behavior. And so, and it went down a drinking path of just because it made me feel good, made me feel better than um, I used to. You know, it was just a feeling. And then it got turned into kind of an addiction, you know. But I, I went ahead and finished school. And uh, I played football from second grade till I graduated high school. Nice. What uh, what position did you play? I played uh, linebacker, tailback. I was going to say, I bet you were a linebacker. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, mainly linebacker and tailback. Yeah. And um, so after that, I had a little rough about it, drinking and stuff. Got in trouble a little bit, county jail stuff. Okay. And uh, end up joining the Navy uh, around 19 years old. And, um, you know, I wasn't, <laughs> my service was, I wasn't the greatest military person, but like I said, I still had these this trauma I was dealing with from my yeah. childhood, and, and I, I took it with me to my service. And, uh, and Those, those and demons. The drinking and the partying and yeah um but i was trying to do the right thing and so um but i'm glad i went and i'm glad all those things happened and um um yeah so we're gonna hear a little bit more too about your continued story and how you're turning it around for good I know you work for Choctaw Nation today. What what are you doing for Choctaw Nation? I am a peer recovery support specialist uh, through their behavioral health. Um, it is a grant, uh, tribal opioid response grant. And so our target is uh, Choctaw people with meth or opioid, opioid addiction um, and recovery. And so... Um, but we try to help everyone. And so that's great. Uh, that's what I do today as far as my job. In fact, you just came from a, a men's meeting, correct? Yes. We, uh, we just got, uh, finished with a drum circle at the men's recovery center here in Tallahanna. And, uh, there, there was seven men today. Fantastic. And, uh, so it's a recovery group and uh, they get to learn a song in Choctaw and uh, drum and, and, and it's very empowering for them uh, to learn these things. And we always have a, we have a recovery topic we go over. So it is a full length uh, group session. Yeah. Um, full hour uh, group, sometimes longer. And um, um, so our, today's topic was restoration. Hmm. So it was really, it was really good. And so, well, I'd like to uh, give a shout out to the the group that you run and the the hard work that people are putting in. I mean, if anyone knows how hard that is, you're one of those people that gets it. I love that you've turned your your life into something that now helps other people. That's a big deal. And I used to actually work for a recovery center for teens. They would be in our center for a year. And it is interesting getting through those um, those walls that come up when you've been through so much in your life and then you've made those decisions to turn to substances 
and then to to get to the point where you realize this, this is a safe place for me to be me and to share all the stuff the the good the bad the ugly um so kudos to anyone who's putting themselves out there joining this program and in a minute i'd love to hear um how you know folks can get in touch with you to you know Choctaws that are maybe maybe seeking some support and all that so but I also want to talk about the good things you're doing with your sweat lodge, which I feel is part of that healing process too, for so many people, whether it's addiction or um, uh, bodily pain, or just wanting to connect with others in a way that's spiritual and cleansing. So what's the name of your sweat lodge group? It's called uh, Chihoa, Chihoa's Warrior Path. Awesome. And and this group is a ministry, basically which is fantastic. Tell about the good things the sweat lodge brings to people who join in. Well, we're going on about three years of um, the sweat lodge ministry. Um, we call it a ministry because it's Christ-based faith. Um, and um, so three years, uh, it was prior to COVID is when I decided to end and when I was getting into my sobriety. Um, so when I got into my sobriety, I really uh, wanted to build this lodge. And so I knew I knew the Choctaw people have uh, in their history, uh, sweat lodges um, going back a thousand years ago. And I wanted to reach out to our, our Choctaw archeologist, uh, um, Dr. Thompson. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wanted to make sure that it was correct and I wanted to make sure uh, uh, pick his brain a little bit on what kind of structure they used and uh, things like that and um, but uh, yeah and so <laughs> I feel like go ahead no go ahead I was just gonna say I feel like all roads lead back to Dr. Ian Thompson <laughs> he's so knowledgeable oh yeah. my gosh I feel like I could go to him for any topic. So yes. I've only experienced the sweat lodge one time. I know I'm way behind the times compared to my native friends. I have so many questions and I probably should have asked them before I started the sweat lodge. You were, you opened it up and you said, do you have questions? How can I help you understand it? And I was like, I think I just need to delve in first. And so I kind of did it backwards, but let's start with the structure of the sweat lodge it itself. Is there a specific placement of the door as far as east, west, west, south and north goes? Well, ours is faces the east. The door faces the east, which is uh, faces the sun rises in the east. The sun represents life, uh, so that's one reason that we use the east. Ah, gotcha. And and then there's a frame, I believe, an outer and inner frame, correct? And and what's uh, that frame made of? Uh, we use willow saplings. Okay. Um, and you know, the area I live in is by uh, around Fort Washita. Mm -hmm. And so that is where they brought our ancestors from the trail on that to that fort. Oh, really? Okay. And so I live very close around that area. And um, so the area that we're in has a lot of history, even in it. You know, it's like no coincidence that, that the saplings that I use is from uh, the area that our ancestors were brought. That's and, cool. Uh, 
uh, you can almost you you can feel that. Uh, yeah. When we uh, when we sweat, and uh, also there was other tribes around in the area I live in, um, Caddo, uh, I think um, Kiowa, and other tribes that already lived in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-colonization and um so it's it's uh it's very powerful there we've we've i mean we've experienced some um powerful things oh for um, sure it's so, beautiful there too that area yes. is really pretty so yeah. when it comes to those frames um the willow and all that how do you shape them are you are you wetting them first or how does that work no, the, re the reason we use willow is because they're real bendable, uh, so they're real pliable. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when we bend it into shape, which you want it four feet high, uh, the top of your lodge, mm -hmm. and about ours is about 12 feet in circumference. Okay. So they just bend, uh, and you tie them off. We use sinew to tie them off. And um, yeah, the reason we use willows because they're they're real bendable, and it's also a metaphor for life. Uh, that the willows tough and they can survive the winds. Wow. They can survive the the, the rain. They can survive the snow, uh, and they don't they don't die. They don't crack. Um, as long as you take care of them, um, they survive all those things that. So it's also a metaphor for in our life, you know, we should be like the willow to, because there's going to be storms in our life. There's going to be winters in our life. There's going to be rain. And so, mm. um, so it's very a good. Very nice. And so when I was out at your sweat lodge, it was still fairly new. I'm sure you're really proud of the hard work you put into it. How, how long did it take you to build it? Oh, uh, I want to say four or five days. Okay. Yeah. And then, so we know that there's the willow that's part of the framing. What other material, what other materials are part of the structure? There's that, that really thick wool blanketing, right? What else? We, we use blankets and, uh, tarps. Yeah. So it's wool blankets and, uh, canvas tarps. Uh, you know, our ancestors would have used uh, animal skins mm. and that type of thing. But as you know, we don't really hunt like that anymore. And to have hides and, and yeah, we don't have hides laying around as plentiful as we used to. And, and so, you know, the next best thing is uh, wool blankets and uh, canvas, also because it's a breathable material. Ah, uh, okay. So you you know you want a hot you want steam in there but you also want it to breathe when you're not suffocating people yeah right so, um, well and speaking about hot tell us about the fire fire and the rocks um, and you know how you treat the rocks and the fire and the steam and all of that stuff well we use uh, twenty eight rocks. Uh, grandfathers um, for each ceremony and uh, we usually use well, we've been, what we've been using is river rocks uh, Colorado river rock and um, 
we have a source for that and um oh, okay um and recently we've got some igneous uh, lava rocks which heats pretty good and uh, oh i bet uh, and are they lighter than the river rock uh not really mm. not really yeah uh, they're about the same but they just they hold more heat yeah um and so but but the river they hold heat too i mean don't get me wrong the river rocks you they hold a lot of heat and um like i said we use 28 of them uh, seven per round and uh um, we heat them for about two hours so they're nice and hot mm -hmm. and uh that's the only thing i time i don't I don't time the ceremony, but I do know when it's two hours, the rocks has been in the fire for two hours, and then we could begin the ceremony. And um, that's the only thing at the time. The rest of the time is what we call spirit time. And, uh, you know, that's why I always tell people, you know, we're not, we're not in a hurry, you know, just let the spirit flow. And, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I always let people know it might be, uh, three to four to five hours uh, before we're done, you know. Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we were all wearing comfortable and modest clothing, and that's that's typical, correct? Yes, it's very typical in a modern modern era. I mean, our ancestors wouldn't have worn clothes, um, but we live in a modern era, so. <laughs> yeah i i just wouldn't have been able to concentrate i think even though it was dark in there if we all had our clothes off right but, uh, but yeah it's yeah. just because you know as much as you're sweating you're you know you want it to be comfortable you know you want right you really want the sweat to come out of your pores you know Right. And, and as I mentioned, we crawled in there, you go around and this is for folks who have never done a sweat. There are many Native Americans out there who have never done one. And then there are some just non-natives who are interested in how it all works. And from the spiritual sense, as well as all those little details, like crawling around in there, you're sitting there, sometimes you're laying down. So it's a matter of making sure that you're comfortable. Um, so yeah. So tell us about the drumming and the song that that goes on inside the lodge um i wrote all the songs that i sing in the lodges uh my lodge i wrote uh, they're in choctaw uh each round is a different prayer round uh we typically do four rounds uh sometimes we do five rounds for a warrior round uh and so but but typically I'll begin each round with a song. Um, uh, like one of the songs I can say is uh, uh, Cleanse My Spirit, mm. uh, which is, you know, just talking about cleansing my mind, my body, my spirit. Um, uh, so they're all songs that's related to re spiritual songs. Yeah. Um, that, that all the songs I try to write that make reference to Chihoa, our creator, uh, to ourselves and to our ancestors, yeah. to our brothers and sisters. Um, and so all my songs I try to keep in that way, uh, mm -hmm. honoring uh, the creator, our ancestors, and our brothers and sisters, uh, 
that are here now and um yeah and, and our elders um and really our first speakers uh dora wixon and uh chaplain Olin williams he, uh they really helped me in, in as far as the the choctaw language uh i didn't grow up speaking fluently as you know i grew up in a foster home you probably spoke more osage than you did choctaw <laughs> yes i spoke more was jage and um um, so I wanted to make sure it's um, it was real correct, and I was pronouncing the words right. And so, and and, and honor is a big thing for me as far as the, the language and, yes. and getting it right. And so, of course, Absolutely. I went to them with respect and say, you know, I tell them, what, I told them what I was doing and what it's about. And yeah, of course, everyone has questions, and of course, I answer them, um, but. Can I tell you about the first time I went to the sweat lodge? Yeah, please do. Okay. Um, so I was 25. <clears throat> I ended up in a maximum prison at 25 years old. Okay. Um, with some hardened criminals. I had, I had a three-year sentence. Okay. That wasn't a very hard sentence, but I got in trouble at the prison I was at, so they shipped me to a maximum unit. Ah. Um, um, so when the Native brothers get in trouble in prison, they ship them. They just ship you. They're like, y'all's a problem, and that's just how they treat us. And so end up in a maximum prison. Uh, they have what's called a Native, Native American call out. So that means this is your group of your native brothers that's going to the sweat. They call it a call out. Oh, really? At the yeah. prison? Yes. Wow. And so that's cool. This prison, they allowed us to have a sweat lodge. Matter of fact, they have to because it's uh, right. Law. And is this sorry to interrupt, but is that federal prison? Was it where was it? What state? State, state prison, uh, Lawrence, not Lawrence, um, Lansing. Kansas. Okay. And um, so, so I'm here. We we have a big group of people. We have probably a hundred brothers. Wow. Going to the sweat. Yeah. And so, so we're deep. And yeah. I just got there pretty new, and uh, like I said, I didn't grow up culturally, yeah, because I wasn't allowed to. No, I seen. The Osage dancers and the Osage singers and all of that, you know, because right. I grew up with them and around them. But <clears throat> once we was going to the sweat, and I got in the sweat lodge and seen what they were doing, and I was like, you know, I was like, I didn't know what to expect. Like, <clears throat> I, to be honest, I was a little scared because I was like, uh, what is this? Yeah. Like, I, yeah, it's a little intimidating when you haven't grown up with it and are always around it. And so we get inside, and everybody's you know, you know, everybody talks a little bit before the rocks come in, and, and yeah, and kind of fellowshipping, whatnot. And I remember this one guy, the the water pourer that was leading the ceremony. He was like, "Oh, he was like, I could just die in here, and I'll be all right." And I was like, "What?" I was saying, "Die in here," you know. You're like, is there a possibility we're going to die in here? Yeah. So I was just like, wow. 
you know, that statement to me it was like stuck to me because I, I still remember it. I still, yeah. But I didn't know at the time what he meant. Like I do now, I know what he meant. Yeah. Um, but uh, getting in there and then they start bringing the rocks in and we start having a sweat. Uh, keep in mind, I'm in, my, I'm in a maximum security prison. Uh, most people are doing 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. Right. I was doing a, a, a little old three year sentence. And, um, uh, you know, I never been in trouble until this point, you know, not yeah. really. County jail stuff, public intox. Uh, but uh, anyway, so we're in here sweating and I hear all these prayers going on. Uh, and, and keep in mind, these guys are, they're, they're gangsters. They're, they're criminals, they're gangsters, they're tatted up from head to toe. Right. They're doing, uh, some of them never getting out. Some of them doing triple life sentences, 80 wow. years, 60 years. But the presence of God was in there. Yeah. These grown men are, are pouring their heart out to the creator. Wow. And, and, and crying and just letting it loose, praying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, speaking their what language. What a moment. Yeah, and seeing the song and the languages. And I'm like, whoa. It's the first time I felt connected right. to my culture. Right. I mean, honestly, it, it, it's the first time I felt connected to uh, a native culture. Um, and that's when it really spoke to me uh, in my spirit uh, wow. with the sweat. So it was they're seeing these grown criminals gangsters uh really talking to god really praying to god and, and, and some of them crying uh wow. just just in a place of uh, uh solidarity to the creator and honor and respect uh you know there was no cussing there there was no acting a certain way there and so i was like what wow i was like wow this this you know they're respecting this to the utmost right know? And so that really got my attention. Um, and, and like I said, it really got my blood from then on. I didn't know later on that I would be doing it uh, on my own. Yeah. You know, I, didn't, I didn't feel like uh, I was uh, worthy enough. Hmm. And so, Wait, you mean like to, to do a sweat outside of this gathering you didn't feel like you could is that what you mean i didn't feel like i could do one uh have my own like in my house. right like you do now wow what a yeah. journey right you've been on such a journey yeah and so um that was the first experience with with that with the sweat lodge and yeah do you feel like um you know all these a lot of times in those federal prisons there is fighting amongst you know all the different people of different cultures ethnicities and all that well, do you this feel like state, this is state prison state prison okay sorry do you feel like when y'all did the sweat and that kind of thing like all of that just dropped away it was only about the mission that yeah. you were there for yeah because there's there's pettiness and there's politics in prison just like anywhere else um but yeah i do feel like i I do feel like that. I feel like God was at the center of this ceremony and that, that was all that mattered. Yeah. 
and and the connection with the ancestors and the language and uh right that that connection yeah spoke volumes to me that's amazing what a story hmm Wow. So how to top that. <laughs> um, so thanks for sharing that with us. I feel like there's so much more to unwrap about your story and listeners, by the way, this is the first time I'm hearing a lot of Wayland's story as well. I know that there were, uh, you were in the foster system and, and that led to a lot of things in your future, but, um, I think a lot of people are going to be inspired by the end of this today. So, all right. So the structure of the sweat that's going on. And again, this whole thing is a very spiritual thing. It's not all about the, you know, we're just, I'm talking about the facts and data about how to build a sweat lodge and all that, but there is so much more to that, of course. Um, and we'll get to that, but on one of our breaks, uh, when we were, you know, between phases, one of the ladies told me at the sweat that she used to do sweats in Arizona in the summer with the Navajo. And I, I seriously don't know how she did that in that heat. I mean, we were in the Oklahoma heat, which was pretty bearable, even though it was really hot, but how does anyone do that in Arizona? I, I don't even know. So anyway, now after the break, the steam and the heat intensifies, correct? Doesn't it get hotter after each phase? Yes, because you, uh, we bring in, uh, we'll start out with seven rocks and we're going to bring seven more. And then, so that's 14 and then 21 and 28 so it's a gradual heat i will say the third round is the hottest to me the third round the third more than the fourth yes yeah you kind of get used to it or i do i get used to it at um, the end of the third round um sometimes i agree it's like more than sometimes i'm like (laughs) i'll tell you what i mean and i and i'm leading the sweat so i know yeah looking up to me so i'm like i know you're like i can't pass out yeah and so i'll tell you one one of the a recent sweat that that was three hours long um we did one for the mmiw check the chapter yes carissa right carissa hodge shout out to carissa she leads the mmiw chatta foundation Uh, sorry chatta group go ahead please (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so we did a, a, a fire talking circle. Uh, we did a, after that, we did a sweat lodge. Um, and of course we had food. Uh, uh, but during this, um, after the, after the talking circle, um, which there was like 33 people there. Wow. So it, did you fit all... 33 inside the lodge? No. no. Oh, okay. About 12. Okay. And so, uh, but uh, there was 33 people all together that came to the event, and uh, including teenagers and kids. And, That's great. Uh, but there was, uh, uh, so after the talking circle, we, I said, whoever, we're getting ready to go in the lodge. Whoever is ready to go in the lodge, we're going in in about 15 minutes. So, um, and there was about six or seven teenagers in there. Uh, uh, I don't know, 14 and up uh, teenagers. And um, it was a three-hour sweat. Three hours. Mm -hmm. 
And so that is the longest one we've had so far. Oh, wow. The only reason I know, because I, I, I do look at the, I do see what time it is when yeah. I go in the house and it's time to eat. Right. <laughs> I don't yeah. time it, but I do, I am, I do look at the time to be. Uh, yeah. So it's not really, really late, but um, anyway, um, three hours long and uh, to have all of these teenagers in there uh, praying and crying and, and just pulling wow. my heart out. Uh, um, and I know some of them never prayed before and, and to hear that what they were saying and praying about and because we were the, the topic was uh, generational curses uh, breaking those generational curses. amen right and uh, you know with drugs and alcohol and, mm -hmm. and abuse being in, in people's families and uh, the awareness of MMIW um, you know it was just it was it was amazing how how strong it was and, and wow because that's not that's not it's not easy you know a lot of them was first timers and so yeah um so it was it, it spoke volumes to me um i was just knowing that uh, uh you know god is the center of this place uh, the creator, uh, as long as, as with honoring our ancestors in the language and the, uh, and the respect factor has traveled with me through, the, you know, I'm 40, 44 now, I had a birthday Saturday. And so, uh, happy birthday. Thank you. And so after all these years, I still remember that. And so I remember that. So when, when there's young people around, I try to be the same way, the, the honor, the respect, the value of mm. where you're at on these Absolutely. grounds um, with the creator and, and respect for our ancestors. And so I know if it stuck with me in those years, uh, you know, we plant those seeds. Uh, so uh, like I said, some people don't know how to pray. And so, and I think in some of the lodges that get in here and, and uh, I've been praying for uh, many years, you know, and so, uh, maybe we can be that example uh, of their spiritual life yeah um, oh for sure and so well and, and i i imagine you said that there's some teens in there that that was their first time correct yes. I mean, like I said, one of the biggest things I loved was the bonding experience out of it too, to know that we were all in there praying together, that the heat was supposed to be, you know, in my head, it was kind of like, it's a way of just giving yourself up of going, I'm trusting that I'm here among people who care about me and love me and that we're praying to the creator and we're, you know, concentrating on good things together. It's just, I mean, it gives me goosebumps even now. It's just such an interesting thought that when they're together and when you're a teenager and you're needing those that bond more than you think you even do i can see why it was such an emotional time for them what it i i just can't say how grateful i am that you're providing those opportunities to our choctaw and, and native and non-native folks to be able to have that opportunity not everybody gets that so thank you um something you reminded me ahead of time before we started the sweat was to stay hydrated the night before in the morning of the sweat. And I can see now that's extremely important. Oh my goodness. But I should take a moment to point out that putting together and hosting a sweat lodge is 
a very important responsibility. It can be dangerous if done incorrectly. So please don't try this at home, folks, unless you've been trained to do so and have gone to elders or to other experts as Wayland did with Dr. Ian Thompson, you know, trying to make sure that you have the correct training to get that started. So would you give us an overview from start to finish as to what the experience is like for folks who have never done this before? Um, we usually start with a, 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 a talking circle. So we get to know each other first, uh, have a talking stick, or we use an eagle feather, uh, one or the other. And um, so we go around the room and I just say, I always go first because like I said, I always try to be the example for people yeah, I'm not just going to volunteer somebody that's never done. Right. Uh, done <laughs> they shrink down into their chair. <laughs> so I just I go first. You know, I'm, I'm Wayland Thompson. I work for Choctaw Nation. I'm Choctaw, Mississippi Choctaw. Uh, you know, I'm from Harmony, Oklahoma. Um, um, you know, uh, things like that. Um, you know, just to to break the ice and get to know each other. This is before we go in, and so. Uh, pass the, the feather or the talking stick to the next person and then they'll go they'll go on and they usually say uh why they're here they usually talk about why they're here yeah a lot of, pe a lot of people um um a lot of a lot of the people that come they're christian and they're choctaw mm -hmm. but they also love the fact that we could do something our ancestors did and partake in like a sweat lodge. Um, a lot of our, our members are, they go to church already, but, and they love their church, but they want another experience like a sweat lodge, just like I do. I go to a regular church, but I also go, also sweat, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, that's just, that's my belief. And we get a lot of people like that. And they said, you know, I, you know, they feel like they couldn't incorporate both because they feel like they're doing something wrong. Like, uh, right. Like yeah. Or it's ungodly yeah. to go to a sweat, uh, when that's, that's furthest from the case because the creator, God put the water, the air, the earth, uh, uh, the fire, all the elements we use for the sweat, for the sweat on the earth. And mm -hmm. so, and so what better way? than to pray uh, and, and sing songs in your language and um, uh, 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 speak from the heart and pray from the heart with like-minded people. And, and, it, and, it, and it touches your mind, your body, and your soul mm -hmm. all at once. It's not just one factor of listening to somebody preach. Uh, right, right. It. It's more than that. It's connecting uh, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, yes. What we call holistic healing. And um, because the sweat, the heat part pulls impurities out of you, the spiritual part with God, the creator, the, the emotional part, because something's going to be pressing on your heart. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you know, it may, it's different for other people for different reasons. Some of people maybe addicts or or lost loved ones or 
you know, going through a divorce or whatever it may be. And so that may, that's always different for uh, individuals. Um, right. And so, um, and the mental is, is, is focusing on um, the creator, even though you're hot, even though you might want to get out. And, right. Uh, you might be uncomfortable even. So focusing on the creator is the mental aspect. You got to push all the other stuff. So true. Away. So focus, true. Focus why you're there. And so um, that's that's the reason. Yep. So yeah. So do we start with that talking circle? Um, you have a talking stick or feather, and then it's you guys have warmed up the sweat lodge. Sounds like ahead of time. Those are the things I didn't see when I was there, and then everyone comes in and yes. goes around. We smudge everybody before we go in, uh, and then we go in. We we always we always allow the um, the women in first. Um, to the all the way to the right and then the men after them or if you know there's different occasions for different sweats it could be mm -hmm. an all men sweat it could be a veteran sweat it could be a, a sobriety sweat it could be yeah uh, uh, di there's different occasions for whatever but yeah it could be co-ed um all those all those different types of sweat so we don't we don't make it one thing like oh it has to be men or it has to be co-ed it could be anything it can be yeah all women um and so there's different different needs for people have in these days this day and age yeah in in older times were women allowed to do the sweats as well uh they did it by themselves uh mainly yeah um, or it started as a warrior society, uh, you know, men that came back from a hunt mm. or men that, that were going hunting or men that uh, came back from stickball or going to play stickball. You know, there's a battle back then, was it? Yeah, right. You might not come back. And that yeah. Was, that was one of the main reasons people purified because you, you, you might not live. You might be going sweat for a battle and you might not come back. Yeah. Um, um, so these things uh, were really putting a, a, the forethought of the, of the, our ancestors' brain was, you know, death was real, and it, you've seen it more. Mm -hmm. You've seen it more because you hunted your food, so you've seen death all the time. Right. Um, and so it was more the forethought of their their spirit. Spiritual. Yeah. And so they they always think the animals, think the creator, uh, were given his life. So. Indeed. Indeed. So I was really glad when I had that opportunity to do the sweat with you and Sharon and the other fabulous people that I met that evening. There were a lot of people there from Choctaw Nation headquarters that were there, um, you know, that work at, for the tribe. And I talked about how my mind really got in the way when I was doing the sweat. Do you hear that a lot? And is that half the battle sometimes for newbies like me? Does it happen even with seasoned sweaters? Um, I think it does because, uh, like I said, it's hot. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, uh, sometimes that heat can make you want to get out. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, 
always tell people not to focus, don't focus on the heat, you know, you know, focus on your spirit. Right. But I think it does happen a lot. It's just, it's just something you have to overcome and, uh, and uh, it's like life. You yeah. Know, there's things that you have to overcome in situations and it's not supposed to be comfortable. Right. It is a suffering um, and the greatest, uh, like our ancestors, the greatest form of worship is suffering mm -hmm. so yeah it, it definitely is a mental battle but it sounds like i i was thinking at the time i'm not good at this because of my mental battles that i was having but it sounds like that that actually is part of the process which is surprising to me now so i feel better about the fact that I was so much in my head and all that. One of the gals there, the same one that said that she would do sweats in Arizona in the summer. <laughs> um, she was saying that, oh, sometimes if it gets too much, just lay down flat on the ground because you'll be a little bit below some of the steam and that would help. And then I'd come back up for, you know, I'd have some air down there and then I'd come back up and sit upright for a little bit. But I loved that everyone could kind of be at their own pace. So thank you for being patient with me as a newbie at the time and and for helping us all understand it. Um, but some general facts about sweat lodges, the lodge temperature can get up to 120 degrees, which is, it also means to kill, or it's a means to flush out bacteria and viruses. So in addition, adrenaline and cortisol responses can be present, which can calm the muscle aches and cramps and the steam can alleviate, um, arthritis and skin disorders. So other benefits include serotonin and endorphin hormone responses, which initiates a feeling of euphoria, relieving stress. So in case you're wondering, listeners, not every tribe practiced the spiritual ceremony of the sweat lodge. You typically hear of Plains tribes doing the sweat lodges, but believe it or not, the Choctaws also practice this tradition, as uh, Wayland said. According to ChoctawSchool.com, the sweat lodge has been a part of Choctaw traditional culture for a very long time. Archaeologists working at the Belafonte site in northeastern Alabama, not too far from Choctaw County, uncovered the remains of a sweat lodge that dates back almost a thousand years. In all likelihood, the use of the sweat lodge uh, in the region date backs, dates back quite a bit earlier than that. From oral history and written descriptions, we know that Choctaws in the past conducted sweats for several specific reasons. It was common for fatigued hunters and warriors upon returning home to do a sweat in order to relax their bodies and regain their strength. Choctaw doctors also use sweats to relieve patients with colds and a wide variety of aches and pains. From the best information we have, it appears that the forms of sweat lodges differed in different Choctaw communities, likely as a result of the available materials and personal preferences. It is probably no coincidence that the sweat lodge has been known by several different Choctaw names, including Anukka, meaning the inside, and Alaksha, meaning a place of sweating. The process of using heat on the body itself is sometimes referred to as shilla, which is to bake. So do you open your sweat lodge to anyone, um, native, non-native, Choctaw, other tribes, et cetera? <clears throat> My, ours is open up to whoever wants to participate. Um, so it's open for everyone. Nice. Thank you for that. And if someone wants to join, how do they go about doing so? Um, <clears throat> I usually, I have my Facebook page, uh, which is just my name, uh, Wayne yeah. Thompson. Um, or I do have a, 
email address too. Um, WT Thompson at cnhsa.com. Okay. Um, they can feel free to email me um, if they want more information. Um, yeah. That's great. Um, thank you for that. And I'll be sure to add your uh, Facebook handle onto my Native Chalk Talk Facebook page so that people can easily find that information. Um, I do ask that our listeners be respectful of Wayland's time. Make sure that you're asking him questions that only pertain to the sweat lodge or to the recovery um, uh, groups that he's talking about. Um, and just be respectful of his time, if you will. So something I'm hearing more and more is the healing that can come to those who are seeking recovery from addiction or who are currently in recovery. And I think that's such a beautiful thing to be able to um, use the sweat lodges in that way. So now that you are giving back to others in a way that, that really takes your own story and your own understanding of what it's like to go through addiction, um, to even have been in prison here and there. Tell us about what you're doing at that Choctaw Nation Recovery Drum Circle group. Um, so <clears throat> we go to the Men's and Women's Recovery Center in Tallahanna. Uh, we go to the Juvenile Detention Center in Tallahanna. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, yes, we go to the Stigler Jail in Stigler. Uh, that's where our, our Choctaw people are housed uh, in that jail. One of the places, uh, and we bring it to them there at the jail, bring the drum and the songs uh, to all these places. And we go to the, uh, we have one once a month at the Durant headquarters on the third floor rotunda. Uh, that's where the big circle areas that has good acoustics and um they can hear us throughout the whole building <laughs> um, at least the security has told us that and um <laughs> we have one in uh, antlers at the community center uh the old community center uh, in antlers sometimes a new one if the old one's unavailable yeah and uh future wise probably going to one of the prisons uh, here in the near future, um, and taking it there. Um, we go to a sober living house in Ardmore. Uh, it's a ladies' sober living house um, in Ardmore for our Choctaw people there. And, Great. Uh, and so. Wow, what a ministry. What uh, and like I said, the sweat lodge I do on my own time. And, um, but as far as job wise, that's what we're doing. Well, I do a lot of other things, case management and seeing people individually, but that is one of the recovery groups that, uh, people are really, uh, getting involved in. Hmm. They learn the language and they, they can sing it and they can play the drum and we always have recovery topics and it's always, we, we always go in depth with, with something because yeah. I'm a recovery addict. Myself, I'm four years in recovery now, and I've been in prison. And, and, and so, you know, the people we connect to are either they're in jail, like I said, the juvenile detention center, uh, they're youth and they're locked up. And so, yeah. Uh, and some of them are foster kids. Or, and so, what wow. better way 
and to to talk to someone that's been through it yes and has overcome it you know i what i like about all of this is like we're taking you where you are you don't have to be in this perfect place in your life it's come as you are we're here to support you um so please i hope anyone struggling with addiction with continuing recovery whatever the case is please can you know consider reaching out to waylon um you know this is a great way for you to connect with not only um other folks who are in the same position you're in probably but also other natives and to to tackle this in maybe a different way than some folks would in in the normal world so that's great thanks for all you're doing for others it's just seriously it's uh i've had to fight the tears a couple times through this episode it's amazing that you've dedicated your life to this well and as you know i'm all about the family history and stories and preservation so tell us what you've discovered about your family and ancestors waylon um you know like i said i grew up in a foster home but i really don't know a lot of my family but i have done my genealogy uh through the choctaw nation it's great uh going back to uh i believe 1897 i want to say that's pretty far back uh all the way up to my mom and dad's mom and dad wow and so and every everybody's from the Choctaw side and, and the Oklahoma Choctaw side. Um, everyone in my family is full-blooded up until my dad's mom. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So she was Choctaw, but she was not full-blooded. And was she the grandma that was taking care of you? No. Okay. No, okay, so she mom. was part... It was my mom's uh, mom. Okay, gotcha. Dad. And so, but my mom's full blood. I mean, um, the rest of my family. Wow. For my genealogy, it says full, 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 full. Wow. And so, yeah. So. Were there any, as you did that research with Choctaw Nation, were you working with Gwen Takes Horse, by the way? Yes, she's the one. Um, she's fantastic. So she got it. Yeah, she's great. Love her and funny. Yes, she is funny. <laughs> That's just talking to her is just a breath of fresh air. Um, so did did y'all find discover any interesting stories together or anything like that about some of your relatives? Um, not really. I mean, I, I you know sometimes I have my serious side on, and and uh, I was just more. I was really trying to find where my grandma was from. I don't know. Oh. Did you find that out? Uh, they want to say Arizona. Okay. And I was like, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. They talked off from Arizona. That's how people yeah, look man. look at me when I say I'm from Anadarko. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, aren't you supposed so, to be from Durant? I think so, but I was in Anadarko. But they don't, you know, my grandma didn't talk about nothing. So she's wow. Crazy. That's uh, hard. And so, yeah. So. Are your parents still uh, living today? My mom is in a nursing home in Tulsa. Okay. Uh, I just talked to her the other day. Oh, wow. We rekindled the relationship. It's great. Uh, a couple years ago. I'm sure that wasn't easy. No, but um, I forgave her, you know. It's 
great. Um, the Bible says, honor your mother and father. It doesn't say honor them if they was perfect. True. Um, if they raised you, honor them. It, it, says, it just says honor. And so wow, I can Good do point. that today. There was a time when I couldn't, but I don't know the generational trauma she went through. You no, know, she grew up in the boarding uh, right. school area era. And so, and I know her sister was murdered in Tulsa back in the early 80s, my aunt, so, uh, which was unsolved. Uh. That's what I have a, a passion to help with the MMIW chapter. Um, That's great. Chapter Missing Indigenous Women um, group. And so, that's uh, one thing that uh, speaks to my heart. Uh, yeah. If I can help, then, I, then I'm going to help. And um, I think we've had pretty good turnouts and stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's 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 more to do. And, uh, you know, I still, you know, thank God, the creator, Jehovah, has given me these visions. You know, it's not for me. I'm not smart mm -hmm. enough. But Same. God keeps giving me the vision to 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 implement new ideas and uh, these things. And, and I know some people is probably going to say, well, this isn't traditional or this isn't, you know, what works for one person doesn't always work for the next person. True. And there are, there are many paths to healing. And so um, that's just one thing uh, people have to keep in mind that there's many paths to healing. Absolutely. And so definitely one person doesn't always work for the next. And so, Indeed. Indeed. I'm just so grateful that you're, there's people out there like you doing this, people who have lived it that are helping others. And so thanks for kind of teaching us about this a little bit better. I feel like it's kind of a holistic conversation when you, you know, we're talking about the parts of addiction. We're talking about the sweat lodge. We're talking about the recovery group, but when you put it all together, it truly is kind of a, a, a one place for all those things, whether you're dealing with addiction or you're dealing with um, a loss of a family member or just, you know, pain of any sort or trauma passed down in your family. It really is. This really is an opportunity to help work through those things, whether it's the sweat lodge or getting to know the people in the sweat lodge that can become a support for you. So understanding this a little bit better has definitely helped become uh lifelong friends i mean yeah right i consider a lot of them we're still friends to this day you know yeah we try to help each other that's uh, awesome we can <laughs> i know i was i i'm facebook friends with a lot of the folks now that we're in the lodge in the sweat lodge with when i was at your house so and you know something we didn't talk about is after it's over sharon at least in this case sharon had prepared this huge amazing meal with cornbread and there's some kind of stew i can't remember what it was but squash and yes and i think it was fall when i was there when we did that i can't quite remember when it was but it was just awesome to get out of there and then also you know once we were done and get out of there and go eat because we were all starving and we were thirsty and we all get to just hang out together it wasn't like sweat lodge is over everybody go home it was now let's fulfill ourselves let's have more um a chance to talk to each other it was just a really awesome awesome experience so well, well, you're supposed to leave people better than when they came yeah so that's what we try to do uh, definitely fed, fed spiritually and you get fed physically so amen to that when i left 
broken is not the word. I'm trying to think of what the word is that I was feeling as I left. I got in the car and it was just like this, just this humbled, wow feeling, just kind of a very humbled by the experience, I guess is the word for it. And it was with me for days. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And um, so I thank you for that opportunity. Before we go, are there any words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, sure. There's a thing that I like to tell our clients. <clears throat> you can't change your past, but you can change the path you're on. Mm. I love that. There is hope, everyone. There is hope and there's support. So if I can make it through what I've been through, uh, Darn growing right. up in, in the ghetto of Tulsa, um, growing up in a not so nice foster home, uh, going to prison, uh, overcoming alcohol and meth, uh, there's hope for everyone. And, um, one of the things I like to tell what I like to tell the clients at a recovery center is take a, a post-it note. When I was getting sober, take a post-it note and stick it where you can see it on your mirror, where you brush your teeth, where you comb your hair and yeah. put top three things, put number one, God, put number two, the career, uh, sobriety and put number three. Well, that's up to you. Uh, whatever your third one is, um, like when I was getting sober, I put go on vacation. Cool. And, uh, so, but number one's God, number two, sobriety, and number three is whatever your heart desires. Um, and so when I was getting sober, I had to see that every day. I had to remind myself every day of this. Hmm. Um, and I seen it come to life and I seen it come to fruition and I went on vacation. And, and I stayed sober and I put God first in my life and, and, and those things. And I wouldn't be here today where I'm at if I didn't do it. And so I like to share that with our clients. Um, Absolutely. Something about writing something down and looking at it every day. I love that. And that can apply to all of us in some way. Just those, yes. it's simple. Those three things, you know, how are you going to rank them? Don't forget to get to number three. <laughs> right. Right. Well, thank you again for your time. Yakoki, my friend, stay well, stay strong with, you know, I know you've got the burden of not in a bad way, but a burden of all these other lives that you're helping right now. So don't forget to also do those sweats for yourself as well <laughs> and um, stay strong. Thank you again. Thank you very much, Rachel. Uh, it's my pleasure. Um, and you have a good day. All right. Yakoki. No, me. Thanks for listening to Native Chalk Talk. Be sure to join our community on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Simply search for Native Chalk Talk. That's Native, C-H-O-C-T-A-L-K. And check us out at nativechalktalk.com. Stay tuned for the next episode. You're going to love it. Yakoki. Thank you, my friends. <laughs>